0: Well, good afternoon and welcome back to this week's Table Talk. It's a very special Table Talk for for several reasons. Uh, Number one, it is the last Table Talk of Season 4 here at River Oaks. We are in Unit 10 of Part 3, The Journey to Jerusalem, but even more so Uh, It's special because we have, as Pastor Betty, you have said, a highly esteemed, (laughs) very special guest with us, Shirley Little. Thank you. Uh, Shirley, so good to have you at the table. Um,
1: Good to be here. Personally,
0: since we've talked about having this um, uh, with you joining us to be in Scripture, I have personally looked forward to just spending time walking through the passage with you. Thank you. And all of your wisdom and insight that you have. So we're we're glad. And speaking of that wisdom and insight, uh, David... We were talking before, and I think it might be great to just sort of start about start this conversation with a look back into Shirley and uh, Pastor Dix, um, mm-hmm. just, just their life, uh, the impact they have had mm. on the church and the kingdom, and how that might segue into this passage, which is one about evangelism right. and salvation. Right. Um, mm. David, could you just share a couple of things about sure. Shirley yes. and sure. Dick Well:
2: <laughs> Well, I'll say this. Um, when I graduated from college, moved to Winston-Salem, I was a, a sales rep. And in 1980, I believe, 1980, you yes. and Dick 1980. came to Renolda Presbyterian Church. He had been an evangelist for most 15 of his years. ministry. Yes, we oh, had wow. a pastorate
1: for seven and an evangelist for 15 years then before oh, we came wow. to Rinalda. Oh, wow. And I
2: remember hearing him preach, and he was an evangelist in the pulpit as well, a that's great that's preacher, right. gifted preacher. And he really brought an evangelistic zeal and an evangelistic DNA into the church. And I got to be part of his first class in evangelism explosion. The EE. E-E. Yeah, he took <laughs> yes. us out door to door, witnessing, sharing the gospel to people. It really impacted You have some my real life.
1: stories about that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, yeah, quite a few. Yes. Very, very humorous stories. But he was a very bold man, but very loving, a great oh, wow. preacher. He's one who um, asked me to leave my job and come on the church staff and go into ministry and then the one who encouraged me to go to seminary and just kind of uh, guided me along. But I, I'll say this. Dick led Sunny Flowers to the Lord. <laughs> yes. wow. He led one of our first elders, Gordon Miller, to wow. the Lord. And his zeal for evangelism and missions, I think, is carried over into our church. Yes. So when I think about the wow. zeal for outreach, missions, these things, I look back to his yeah, influence. Yeah. Wow. and Shirley's as well. Sure, yeah. That We
0: we, we know that, um, you know, the Lord blesses any sort of impact that anyone has on the kingdom, but particularly where couples are involved or ministers right. or pastors, not in a vacuum. The relationship right. uh, with their spouse um, yes. is very much evident uh, in the fruits, and so... Um, well, we know the church much. was just
1: such a blessing for us, and uh, every Sunday, I am thankful to the Lord for this church Sorry. and for uh, the pastors that I have who know the Lord and preach Jesus. Wow.
0: Well, and of course, you and Dick uh, were one of the founding families then, uh, moved from Analda to River Oaks yes. when it was planted.
1: Sort of. He was doing interims then, but okay. when we were at home, we were here. And uh, then when he stopped doing interims, this was our home. Wow. Yes.
0: How about that? Well, that's that's wonderful. So thank you. I. Um, I unfortunately only had a little bit of time with Mm -hmm. Dick, but it was always an encouragement uh, to have a conversation with him. And of course, his book, uh, How to Kiss Your Church, (laughs) is on my bookshelf and has been an uh, an encouragement to me as well. Yeah. So, Thank you. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thanks for sharing that, oh, David. Sure. David. sure. We appreciate that. And, and like I say, that really just sort of created a jumping off point uh, for our passage today. Mm-hmm. So let's right. go ahead and get into that passage. Okay. We are in Luke 17, and Shirley, would you read just verses 7 through 10, please, for us?
1: Okay. Suppose one of you had a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Would he say to that servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Would he not rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready, and wait on me while I eat and drink, and after that you may eat and drink? Would he thank the servant because he had did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants, we have only done our duty."
0: You know, one of the things I've really uh, seen in this last sort of movement of Jesus toward the cross that we've been looking at is uh, he, he kind of moves from teaching to teaching, and you've really got to pay attention to the context and what the point is, because we were just in a passage a few chapters back where the master came in and said, hey, servants, um, let me serve you. Yeah. And now we get to this passage, and it seems like it's a different uh, relationship mm-hmm. What, what What is the main teaching here? What do we learn from this this parable here or this teaching from Jesus?
1: Well, mm. I think, um, and this whole chapter is talking about faith okay. and trust. Mm. Faith and trust in the Lord. I When I saw, read this passage, I had to go back and sort of look at the beginning on, on verse one and uh, set the stage a little bit because the disciples were there and Jesus was talking to them and... Um, he was telling them just what he planned for them to do when he was gone, mm. and uh, they were not. If, if they couldn't, um, they weren't were to convict sinners. They, you know, if someone sinned, they had to forgive them seven times right. seven. And they said, "Oh, uh, we. How can we do that?" And verse five says, um, "You know, it says here. Let me read that." I, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the smallberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. And in verse 5 up here, they say, increase our faith. Yeah. So they were saying, oh, my, uh, this is what you expect of us. And, Lord, we're not able to do that. And so the whole chapter is he's teaching them, this is how you're going to be yes. able to do it. It's yes. through faith and trust in me.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and part of that then uh, sort of builds into the humility aspect, yes. too. That faith comes um, not by just saying, give us faith, yeah, you know, right. and that will make us obedient. Right. Mm-hmm. Jesus is saying, well, if you want faith, it's, it's, it's really a matter of uh, these attributes you have mm-hmm. in, your, in your life that are the same that I have. Um, and humility is one of them here.
2: Right.
1: Um, and I know in David's sermon, he talked about servanthood. So yes. actually, the meaning is we actually have to become a slave to the Lord. Yes. Uh, that is a, that is our servanthood. What he expects us to do.
0: The expectation.
1: Yeah, for us. What is our uh, expectation as Christians? That's right. It's servanthood. Yeah. Faith and trust.
0: Well, and when we read this, David, you know, we might be tempted to say, uh, you know, because it says basically what he's saying is, well, when, when your master comes to you and you've worked hard and you've done what was expected, maybe you've gone over and above. It was just what it was expected. Don't don't. Uh, don't think you're going to be praised, but you need to think that you're unworthy to receive the mercy or unworthy to receive any. Um, does that mean we're worthless? Does that? Oh, that you, you, We could read this and say, "Whoa, God doesn't think very much of us." <laughs> you know, uh, he thinks we should just accept what we're supposed to do and go on about our day. How do you, you know, sort of work through that?
2: Well, I, I certainly don't think Jesus is saying. We should consider ourselves to be worthless because right. he himself would die on the cross to redeem us right. to much worse because he saw such worth in yes. us and in our salvation. No, I think he's saying that we, we, we don't serve and do what we do for the Lord. We, we don't do it with an attitude of pride. Here's what yes. I did. You know, I deserve yeah. this place in the kingdom or this place in the kingdom. When we fully obey God, we've only done what we ought yeah. to do as a response to his grace. And it flows from an attitude of humble servanthood that embraces an understanding of the grace of God. He served us first. He loved us first. We love him because he first loved us, and we serve him because he has served us. It's his nature. And it's our new nature if we're in Christ.
0: And and there's really a real practical aspect to this. Shirley, I think with all of your years in church ministry alongside Dick and all of the women's ministries, I know that you've served and you're actively serving, which I should have mentioned to begin with, how grateful we are for your role that you're taking in the Bible studies okay. and moms and salt, all mm-hmm. of these things. And um, But... I'm guessing that at some point you've seen tension arise where there's sort of a comparative Christianity, sort of a, hey, I'm doing all this. Why am I not getting recognition? Or I'm doing all this, so I deserve to be at a higher, you know, sort of a hierarchy level of of leadership in the church or – I guess have you seen that before? Is that sort of part of our human nature, or how do you deal with that? Or
1: uh, it is part of our human nature, yeah. but um, the key, and even in all the scripture, is not just faith and trust, but it's obedience. Yeah. It's obedience to the master's will and his plan. And uh, if you're a believer, that's what you want to have in your mm-hmm. life. You want to have the trust, the faith, and the obedience.
0: That's right, and and the ob- obedience is and part the humbleness, of humility. I mean, yes, and
1: but. The faith, uh, David was talking about faithfulness. He was talking about gratitude, humbleness. The faith has to come first yeah. before mm-hmm. the thankfulness and the gratitude. Mm-hmm. But, and the faith has to come from the Word.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because yes. we, we, if we're faithful, if we're obedient, if we're humble, uh, we will hear, well done, good and faithful servant, right. Right. just not yet. Right. It's, I, that's right. what I sort of take out of this. Just, yes. just yeah. not yet. Don't, don't, don't serve the Lord in order to be patted on the back by others. Right. Yes. Right. Uh, you know, we've only done what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, great. Great message. Well, let's let's look at the, this next part of the passage here. David, would
2: you read verses eleven through nineteen, please? Yes. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found return to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. your faith has made you well. Oh wow this is this is the real powerful mm-hmm. sort of meat to the evangelical
0: sermon that we're getting here, right um, Shirley, have you ever been to Israel?
1: Uh, four times, four times yes.
0: Okay. Um, did you travel any of these? You know, would you, Samaria and... Yes, yes, yeah, really, and
1: I, I was really interested when Jesus uh, going through Samaria and the scripture starting that way because um, he really should not have even been at Samaria yeah.
0: <laughs> <And> <laughs> on
1: right. this trip. You know, um, there was no physical border, yes. but there certainly was a conceptual border yes. right here right. because uh, the Jewish folks thought, they had the covenant the samaritans thought right. they had the real religious covenant too and the samaritans had even built a temple mm-hmm. so uh, yes. and the jews uh, they would cross the river jordan not to have to go through samaria yeah. so jesus shouldn't have been there to start with that's
0: right well and and the indication of of just that language foreigner when technically again many were practicing jews yes but th- those from judea would not have accepted them or galilee so right. they were they were not right. The right kind of Jew in their yes, eyes, and right. so that way they were foreigners, and that's very
2: uh, representative, maybe of the larger meaning here. David, do you think? Perhaps, so? perhaps. Wow. And it's it is true that <clears throat> in other places the Samaritan seems to emerge as the hero in some yes. of Jesus' teachings or accounts and yeah. this sort of thing.
0: And so, so we have these ten lepers, and it is um, it's interesting. You noted that. Uh, we we sort of zero in on the fact that only one of them said thank you, yes. <laughs> you know. But um, all all ten of them recognized who he was. Yes. Yeah, seemingly right. Yeah. What what did they say? Master, have mercy Master. on us. Yes. Master, have mercy. They they recognized their condition. Right. They recognized that he could do something about it. And um, to, to, to again, I think many of us know, but maybe not everyone. Lepers. Um, not only from the illness and the sickness, and it wasn't just to cure a disease. They were saying, have mercy on us uh, because we are considered defiled, ceremonially unclean. Um, Have mercy that we might be uh, accepted, not an outcast. Right, And I think that's interesting that Jesus said, go to the priest.
1: Yes. Well, you know, verse 14, it says, when he saw them, he said, go, show yourself to the priest. Well, this was a normal routine when yes. someone was healed to show themselves to the priest. Uh, but we, we were talking about the chapter is faith and trust yeah. and uh, obedience. And the fact is that they, they did it. It says, go. They went. And they went, it says, that they were cleansed on the way they yeah. went with they still have the disease and so yeah. they, they didn't know for sure so mm. it was a faith trust and obedience mm. uh in in this particular story and of course this is what uh he was trying to teach his disciples right. is uh, how are you going to minister and uh for me and do what i expect you to do you know go be my disciples right. and it's going to have to be through faith trust yes. obedience to me
0: yes and and that element of gratitude here too, right? Is what we that which you know? It, it, and uh, Shirley, when you continued on, that's a beautiful point about uh, you know they, they, they were healed, but they weren't they weren't uh, healed. They in weren't the made well no, either. No, you know, it, there's almost no. an indication that they may have been physically healed, yeah. but their faith had not made them well. Yeah, right. And it was only to the one who came back and said, "Your faith has made you well." David, uh-huh. you made a great point. The Greek. For that word made well. Do you yes. remember the word for that now? Saved. It's,
2: it's a sum of the form yes. of the word sozo. Too, yeah, so saved. 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 It's yeah. rescued, delivered, saved, uh, rendered to be made
0: well. Made well. Here. So a whole different connotation, nuance, mm-hmm. when we replace it with that aspect of the word. Right. Your faith has saved, saved you. you. And so the overall teaching, if we were to boil this up into a uh, a message on on our pathway to mm-hmm. salvation, uh, what points do we see in that on how someone becomes saved or made well?
1: It's a matter of faith and trust, okay, and realizing what Jesus has done for us. It's a matter of grace. Yes, it's a matter of grace, yes. and um, David, David will recognize this. Uh, God's riches at Christ's expense. Uh We were taught that in EE. And so um, they went not assured of their healing, Mm. but they went at when the Master told them to go. Yes. Yeah. And what he told them to do. Yeah. And they were healed through that.
0: And there's a continuation as well of this idea of knowing our condition, we are unworthy. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't need mercy. Right, Mercy simply implies, please, please give to me, or don't give to me what I deserve, <laughs> you know? and grace implies that, so, but then give me what I don't deserve. And so they knew they were unworthy. They yes. knew they had to plead for mercy and, uh, and then obey in faith,
1: yes.
0: and uh, that that was the path to, yeah. to be and, made And wrong. the
1: one that came back, uh, the nine who didn't, he truly realized that he'd been given life. Yes. That's yeah. why he returned. And so he came back to exalt the Lord, because he realized that he had not just been healed, but he'd been given life. Yeah, made well.
0: He had, as the Jews might have interpreted the word shalom, there was a holistic peace and healing and wellness that was made at that point. And of course, for us, it's an eternal, redemptive peace and healing that is made. Oh, that's great. Um, Let me just look at this last passage. We'll move forward in this last piece, roll here, real quick here. Uh, Just two verses, 20 and 21, Uh, we read that being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Is Uh, this connected or is this a different you know, um, setting or scene, or do you think this is connected with, was this observed from the lepers and uh, the priest, or do you think this is a new teaching, David?
2: I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't see anything in the passage thus far that tells us whether right. the Pharisees observed this. Right. It is interesting that Luke arranged it this way, though, um, and it 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 seems to me the things that Jesus has highlighted in the passage thus far uh, stand in contrast to the the way the pharisees mm. um, saw themselves yeah. legalism yeah it yeah. yeah. was a and lack to be of,
1: seen works yeah. oh, yes yes exactly
2: lack of the humble yes. servanthood uh, they're yeah. quite a contrast to the type of servanthood that jesus taught so oh, sure but they were not recognizing the the kingdom of god no. that was in their midst in the yeah. person of
0: christ okay. Well, that takes me back, what you just said, Shirley, to, um, believe, in 16, where the last time we see the interaction with the Pharisees, uh, we see the parable of Lazarus and the, and the uh, rich man, and, well, they have Moses and the prophets, even if someone were to rise from the dead to observe and to see, they right. wouldn't recognize it. Yeah. yeah. That this was a different kingdom as well. So there, yeah, that's interesting. That's a uh, that's exactly what he's saying here too.
1: And he says there, um, the kingdom of God is within you. The disciples were saying, "How are we going to minister?" Mm. And he is saying, "Faith, trust, and you are going to receive it I'm through the Holy Spirit." Yeah. Yeah. and you will be able to do this because the Holy Spirit I am going to be in you the kingdom is not out there it's in, within you
0: and that's a great point I believe this in in the midst of we, we can sometimes see it interpreted as around
1: mm-hmm. but
0: it also or means the indwelling it is mm-hmm. within as well like a heart condition or a you know a placement within so um that's right that's right um I think about our equipping class yesterday and we looked at the feast of tabernacles and it is in John seven and eight, where Jesus at the feast of booths and tabernacles while they're having ceremonies that observe these days, he, he basically makes this same proclamation. Uh, I, I am here. I'm, I am am what you are celebrating and you don't observe it. Uh, you don't see it. So he's done that often where he's sort of made this claim that I'm, I'm here. I'm in your midst. Um, so that's the question, right? Is he, is he in our midst? You know, do, do we, are we looking for something different? Or do we have the faith, gratitude, humility, obedience that we recognize that he is in our midst?
1: Uh, we can have it. You know, mm-hmm. He gave Peter the key, keys to the kingdom, and that was his power and his authority. Mm-hmm. And he left us with the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. That's
2: right. Yeah.
1: Therefore... We can. We can. You know, it's not, it's not easy to live the life that David was teaching about a life of faithfulness and gratitude mm. and humility because our culture and the world around us, the worldview, teaches skepticism, mm. and we're in that culture, mm-hmm. and so that's not easy. And um, there are days when I am faithful and humble and in gratitude and there are days that I'm not, because I leak. <laughs> um, I have to depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's a daily asking, yeah. uh, because the world does teach us skepticism. Yeah. Yeah. But the Word. That's right. You know, it's just, uh, that's what's so important. This, mm-hmm. The last part of the Scripture is He is within us, and what keeps us in faith and trust and obedience is the Word.
0: That's a good word. Great word, Shirley.
2: I think that's it. Did you have anything else to add, David? No, I just think passage? of the, the words Paul, the apostle, wrote, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Confirming what you're saying. The, the the kingdom of God is in us now by the yes. Holy Spirit. So. Yeah. Good word. Well, that's that's probably a good place too. To we, we always have what
0: we call the final sprint, Shirley. Mm-hmm. Just why would you encourage someone to read this passage that we just spoke about or heard on Sunday? What what would you say they could get out of it?
1: It's necessary mm-hmm. for them to walk in faith. It's necessary for them to um, to be disciples and to grow in the Lord. You know, uh, salvation is a journey, and it's a I take three steps forward and two steps Mm -hmm. backward. It's a lifelong journey of grace. And the only way we can continue in this journey is through the word. We have to have this word. And um, are we always faithful? No. And do we sometimes have doubt? Yes. Uh, But the word is what instills us us the power Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. I know one Sunday I was driving home and... um, I looked up, and it was in the spring, and there was a beautiful sunset and the, a beautiful cloud and the sunny day. It was a beautiful sunny day. And I looked up, and I said, Honey, what you said had better be right because I'm counting on it. <laughs> and the thing about it, I think that's it. We, uh, we have to count on what the Word says, mm-hmm. not the emotions yes. that we experience. Yes. And the Word is the issue.
2: Good. Well, thank you. Thank you, Shirley. David, any final sprint? Well, regarding the account with the lepers, I think it it speaks to the fact that there are people who can believe many good, right things about God and receive his benefits like the nine did. But to truly be saved involves recognition of who Jesus is and mm-hmm. bowing the knee before his lordship. Mm-hmm. And I, I fear that many people, especially in the United States, have a nominal Christian faith, yes. a belief yeah. that Christ exists, he's good to call themselves a Christian, but have not really yielded the throne of their hearts to his lordship. Right. That concerns me, but I think this passage speaks to that mm-hmm. evangelistic yeah. need.
0: Oh, good. Good word. And I would say for me, uh, I, I really see it as also a, a check on our motivation to serve. Yeah. That if we ever become a little bit too full of ourselves or proud of what we're doing uh, in kingdom work, this is a way to remind us that um, we're really unworthy to receive any yes. of the grace and mercy we receive and uh, that we serve for a greater purpose than ourselves. Yeah. And that's a way to look yeah. at it. But, uh, that's well, good. Right. Well, thank you so much for thank joining you, us today. David, and thank you all for being with us this season. Uh, until we get back together in the new year with season four, where we're going to pick up in chapter 18 of Luke, the final part, the passion of the Savior, I would ask you to subscribe so you'll know that it's coming. Ring that bell, you'll be alerted. And uh, go back and enjoy some of the previous uh, archived episodes of Table Talk. Until then, blessings, friends.